Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Hey, God bless the Lord's favor. Grace and blessing be upon all of you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I want to talk to you today about the two biggest signs to recognize that your church might be headed into cultish behavior or it's flat out becoming a cult. I want to talk to you today about the two greatest signs. Well, actually, I have 13 But I'm going to show you at least two. Now, I'm going to do another video teaching series on the 13 signs of how to recognize that your church might become or might be becoming cultish. And for others, your church is a flat out modern day cult. All right. Now, I don't have time to break down how to begin to identify these things, but I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two that I think are the two greatest signs for the Holy Spirit to begin to tell you um, that something might be off here. I have seen this pattern all throughout as I traveled the country, and I've been in ministry since 1995. I got saved in 1994. So I have my fair share of seeing many, many churches that start out great and end up in the flesh, like Galatians chapter 3. They start out in the Spirit, and now they're being made perfect by the flesh. Or... Uh, churches and movements that started out in the flesh and ended up in the flesh. All right. Now, let me first say this before I actually get to this particular, uh, these two signs. And it's this. And I need everyone to listen to me. Is be careful of misidentifying churches, movements, ministries, online ministries, television ministries that you personally disagree with and categorizing them as a cult. Let me be the first to say this, that many people and many churches uh, that a lot of people have identified as a cult actually are not a cult. There just happens to be some sort of fallout or some major disagreement as concerning to the way they express their Christian faith or they express the vision that God has outlined for their particular movement, denomination, 
fellowship, church, uh, ministry, whatever the case may be. So I, l- let me be the first to, to encourage everyone that we're throwing out this word, that's a cult, way too loosely. And we are miscategorizing and misidentifying uh, churches that do things differently than you or churches that you might not like their particular style. And what we're doing is, without even realizing it, in our desire to honor the Holy Spirit, we're actually dishonoring the Holy Spirit because we're actually calling the devil what might actually be God. All right. And, and we do it. I've done it throughout the years, all the time. We've done it. We continue to do it. And I'm more than sure that many of you have done it or you will do it. There have been times where I have misidentified many, many years ago a particular minister, ministry, and I would say, man, that's a cult over there. And then you get to meet these individuals. You you begin to uh, really uh, see God begin to bear fruit in their personal ministry. And then I realized, like, my God, I think I might have just been either angry about some particular revelation that I didn't agree with or um, I didn't believe in some particular method of how they have and do church. Um, and I begin to uh, begin to miscategorize individuals that I myself had had to repent before the Lord uh, and say, Lord, um, I, you know, I've I was wrong, you know. And second thing is we need to begin to. Be careful of of dishonoring the offices of particular individuals that we think don't carry the office, but actually they do carry the office. And I think that those are two big things. Those are not the signs, but I'm just kind of like I'm trying to prep you for for this Uh, two things that we really need to uh, stop or ask the Holy Spirit to help us in our unregulated zeal is misidentifying or miscategorizing particular movements as a cult simply because we don't agree. Let me give you an example of that. Uh, many years ago, I used to preach against women wearing pants. Now, for those of you that are, you know, sons of Zion, born in Zion, born in kingdom, and you don't know nothing about that. Well, the rest of us, I don't come from kingdom churches. I come from ultra conservative Pentecostal small storefront churches like 15 member that never grew type of churches. So listen, uh, we, everything was the devil. And years ago, I preached that, I preached that zealots, zealot message of women wearing pants is going to hell and that ain't of God. And, you know, and, um, and then you begin to grow in your understanding of the revelation of kingdom and, and the gospel and the benefits of the gospel and your understanding of grace. And then you begin to realize, uh, you know, that's not true. And I've been preaching this thing way wrong. So that's kind of like an example of what I, you know, and I, I condemn people. I used to tell people from the pulpit, like, we don't wear pants in this house. You know, this is when I pastored my first church. Y'all know nothing about that. You know, I was going hard body on stuff like that. And then the Holy Spirit was like, what the heck you talking about? All right. The second thing is, um, I myself have miscategorized and dishonored, uh, folks saying things like, man, uh, they ain't no apostle. They ain't no pastor. Everybody. Well, back then we didn't have apostles. Every back then everybody wanted to be an evangelist and everybody wanted to be a pastor. Uh, so I, we would, I've done it. You know, I'd say things like, Oh, I don't see the fruit of that in their lives. And then 
20 years later, they're traveling the country. Uh, God is using them. And I didn't, and I failed to realize that back then, just like I was growing, or rather, I myself was underdeveloped in my calling. So were they. So I think we need to really spend some time with some soul searching and asking the Holy Spirit to really deal with us in these, in these two particular areas of, you know, so and so ain't no real apostle. And then they got the fruit. And then we don't know how to handle that. You know, we don't know how to handle that. Ten years ago, we said, oh, that ministry will close down. That's the devil. That's a cult over there. And then 20 years later, they up and running, birthing churches, birthing sons and daughters. You know, or that person is, you know, uh, they ain't got the calling. Everybody, they will. I used to say things like this. They went. They weren't sent. How many of you remember that? That was the catchphrase back in 1999 and 2001, 2000. We would say things like they went, they weren't sent, you know? And then now years later, we find out we were dead wrong. We're like, ma, my, my God, you know? So I think uh, before we jump into the two biggest signs of identifying a call, I think we really need to begin to process what I just finished saying concerning these, uh, these two things. Now, I, you know, and I'm brutally honest because the Holy Spirit told me uh, about maybe four to five years ago. He said, if you remain transparent, you just might help and save a generation. So therefore, I'm going to tell you at least the things that I did as a pastor and as a minister uh, that uh, that was zealous and unregulated, unfounded in scripture. And what, and I had to do some repenting myself, particularly in this area. All right. So as let's get into the two biggest signs, all right, to begin to identify. Sign number one, sign number one that your church might be headed down the path of cultish and might not be a cult, but they have cultish behavior, or your church is a modern day cult and it has the word cult or the signs of a cult has or have evolved. So, which is a whole other topic. Okay, sign number one is this. The church or the movement has lost the art and revelation of fasting. Listen, there's something supernatural when it comes to fasting. I'm not talking about this juice fast, because we want to lose weight. I'm not talking about that. Like, you can do that. that. That's another version of fasting. I'm talking about that the church and the movement, they haven't lost prayer. Prayer is still hard body in the church. But they have lost the art of turning that plate upside down. They don't fast anymore. There haven't been any... Uh, there, there, there is no, uh, uh, seasons of congregational fasting. The individuals of the church have lost their own personal devotion of fasting. I have found that the number one way to get and to tap into or to get heaven to move is the art of starving yourself in the area of fasting. I'm not talking about fasting from Facebook and fasting from TV. You should be doing that anyway because we're Christian. And I'm not talking about that the church doesn't do fasting. I'm talking about, listen to me, when was the last time 
you've fasted? When was the last time your pastor has promoted fasting? When was the last time the church has entered into a season of fasting? When was the last time that your church or the individuals around you have had fasting as a revelation of a lifestyle implement in their lives? One of the first signs that the church is headed down a, do a wrong direction is, listen to what I'm saying, is fasting begins to become rare in the movement. I'm not talking about prayer. I'm not talking about prayer. I'm talking about you, you, you have a congregation that has mastered the art of prayer, but ain't nobody fasting. And I'm going to tell you why. Because fasting requires you to crucify that flesh for real. It requires you to stop dressing a certain way. It requires you to break down and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And because you are deprived, uh, your body has entered into a place of deprivation, you get heaven's attention because heaven has to keep you alive. Let me tell you the reason why fasting moves God. Because heaven has an assignment to keep you alive to fulfill God's agenda. When you start fasting, heaven, heaven's alarm for you start doing this. Why? Why? Because you're no longer eating now. And heaven's priority is to keep you alive because you haven't finished and fulfilled heaven's assignment. So when you start fasting, when you start fasting, heaven's alarms start going off all over. Eh, 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 eh. And when the angels and when heaven starts saying, well, what's going on? Why is the alarm going off? They'll say, so-and-so is depriving their body of food. And because heaven needs to keep you alive, Heaven shoo, sends an angel. Did you catch it? Heaven sends an angel like Daniel on the first day to see what the heck is going on here. And as soon as you start saying, well, Lord, I need you to move in this. Lord, I need you to heal this. Lord, I need you to give me clarity on this. Whatever the case may be, once heaven's alarms start going off, angels get dispatched to find out what the heck is going on with their assignment, which is you. And you get heaven's attention quicker than what you would get it through prayer. Watch this. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when you pray, there is a protocol and a process before it gets actually to the throne room and before the judge of all the earth. But when you start fasting, the judge has to come down or send emissaries to find out uh, what the heck is going on here and you get God's attention. One of the first signs that a church is headed down a wrong direction is they do a lot of praying, but God ain't doing a lot of talking. There's a lot of gifts of the Spirit. There's a lot of offices of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of revelation of the and mysteries of the kingdom. But heaven ain't coming down sending angels to find out what the heck is going on here. Or rather, we spend more time trying to get heaven's attention through prayer. But when you fast, heaven comes down. So what I have found is, is that churches that have entered into a place of cultish behavior, listen, nine out of ten times, they have no fast game. 
Nobody, nobody in the church is fasting. Hard body. The man of God is not fasting because they're too busy preaching and prophesying and, and ordaining and, and expanding. They're not, they're praying. You know, they're doing their little Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night prayer services and it'd be fire, but ain't nobody fasting. Heaven ain't showing up. Did you catch it? Did you catch what I just said? All right. So the first sign, <laughs> Glory. the first sign of, of a person, uh, that a church has begin or is beginning to, uh, uh, to demonstrate that, uh, that there might be, uh, some, uh, cultish behavior, uh, going on is that they lose the art. Listen to me. The art of fasting. Listen, man, that was good stuff. I could have church with that. Listen, God sent me here to begin to identify, to begin to identify with some of you that are watching me right now, uh, is, is that if you've been sensing that something is going on, the first sign is, how come ain't nobody fasting here? How come ain't nobody encouraging me to turn my plate down and get into a season of consecration with you and the Lord? Did you catch it? <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Did you catch what I just said? <laughs> amen. 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 If that was good, you better say something. All right. Sign number two. Listen, sign number two is this. There is, listen to me, there is no more or you're beginning to see that there is less and less about, uh, about being preoccupied with abstaining from the appearance of sin. Oh, did you catch what I just said? I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about abstaining from the appearance of sin. That's a whole nother animal right there. Listen to what I'm saying. That is a whole nother animal of what I'm saying. I'm not talking about people living in open sin. I am talking about that there is no more a preoccupation from abstaining from the appearance of sin, which means uh, that there is no more of that thing inside saying, you know what? That might offend the Holy Ghost. I'm not doing that. No, what happens is there is a, a manipulation of what I call technicalities in the kingdom. What do I mean by that is this. Because the Bible, or because there isn't a verse that outlines, that tells you, don't do that. Because there is no verse actually telling them to not do that. They go ahead and do it. Because, well, well, my brother, ain't no Bible. Show me in the Bible where it says you can't do that. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen to what I'm saying. They have misappropriated and misunderstood the difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Hey, y'all, listen to me. Adam 
until Moses, they had no letter of the law, but they were walking under the sensitivity of the spirit of the law. Did you catch it? There was no Bible from Adam to Moses. Well, maybe they had a book of Enoch, but that's another topic for another day. Uh, but uh, they knew inherently by the spirit of the law, what pleased and displeased God. What I have found is that sign number two, red flag, is that there is no longer a preoccupation with motivating and encouraging the members of said organization, movement, ministry, whatever the case, training center, church, you know, whatever, uh, of motivating them to abstain from the appearance of evil. So you find people who love the Lord, who are not practicing sin, but they look like they're practicing sin. Oh, you missed what I just said. Did you catch what I just said? They're not inherently practicing sin, but it looks like they are. Did you catch it? Hey, let me say that again. They are not practicing it, but it looks like they're practicing it. And then they get attacked for practicing it. And then they defend themselves saying, well, I'm not practicing that. You're off. Oh, no, baby. We know you're not practicing it. You just look like you're practicing it uh, because you have not followed the advice and admonition of the Apostle Paul when he said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, abstain from all appearance. And what I have found is, is that one way you can begin to see that there is a slow diversion into cultish behavior is, watch this, watch this, watch this, is the members of said movement not adhering to abstaining what could give the appearance of cultish behavior. Did you catch what I just said? So what I have found is that you find this rhetoric coerced behavioral pattern from people. Uh, let me, let me just give you an example of this. Uh, listen, y'all can get mad at me all you want. I don't care. I would never sin against the Lord in honoring my spiritual parents. I would never sin against the Lord. I'm sorry, y'all. I, I would never sin against the Lord. I would never openly go sin in the name of honoring my movement that I get the heck out of here with that. You bugging. Call it an orphan spirit all you want. I would never, I ain't going to hell for nobody, not even my spiritual parents. The devil is a liar. Y'all could call it whatever y'all are. That's because you ain't got no relationship with people. I Man, get the heck out of here. You carnal. I would never, I would never go at somebody literally like a gang member. Like you bugging. Like, I mean, get the heck out of here. I'm a Christian. I ain't a goon. Man, y'all ain't ready. Y'all not ready for this. Y'all not ready for this. We Christians. We ain't goons. You know, you, 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 I don't want, I don't want, you got folks, you know, going to, go, pulling up on folk. You know, like, you know, pulling up on folk like straight up gangsters talking about, yo, what you said about my church? Get the heck out of here. I would never, I would never sin against the Lord in the name of, now nah, I'd, I'd approach you and be like, yo, what's the problem here? Why are you dishonoring? my spiritual parent or my covering, but I would never step to somebody like I used to be. A, you know, whoa, this, this, 
you know, like, come on. We need to, we need to abstain from a, you know, from all appearance of evil. Listen, man, we Christians, listen, I did six years in prison, nine in total. Listen to what I'm saying, man. Uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna, li- I, listen, I got out of that lifestyle. Now I'm gonna be Christian and be in that lifestyle? Like, you bugging. Like, I would never. I would never, I would never, let me tell you something, I don't care what nobody says, I would never kill myself like the armor bearer of King Saul to be a faithful armor bearer. You dying by yourself, King Saul, you killing yourself by yourself, I'll be like, oh, wow, and I just go home. I ain't gonna, I, the Bible says the armor bearer killed himself with King Saul. Hell no, I ain't killing myself. I would never. I would never get myself to a place of of appearing evil for the sake of the greater purpose. And what I have found is the second greatest sign that I have seen. Listen to what I'm saying. Uh, listen to what I'm saying. Uh, second greatest sign is that there is no longer a admonition to abstain from the appearance of evil. They only encourage you to stay away from evil. And let me tell you something. That appearance of evil is a blurred line. It's a blurred line there. Why? Because it's a smoke screen and you could do a lot within that smoke screen, y'all. Let me tell you something. You could get away with a lot. All right. Because in your heart, the person says, well, I'm not practicing that. I ain't really doing that. No, but you look like you do. All right. You might not be looking like you running around fornicating, but you dress like you do. I'm not ready for this, man. <laughs> listen to what I'm saying. You might listen to what I'm saying. You might not be practicing it, but you dress like it. You look like it. You talk like it. Did you catch it? Why? Because we have lost the conviction of the spirit of the law. And what we're doing is finding loopholes and technicalities in the letter, in the letter of the law. Let me tell you something. I'll say this. Listen, there are like six dimensions. I think seven. You got the commandments of the Lord. You got the statutes of the Lord. You got the principles of the Lord. Did you ca- did you catch it? You got the regulations of the Lord. You got the fear of the Lord. Hey, listen, you can read this in Psalm 18. It says the law of the Lord is clean. The commands of the Lord are pure. There's, there are a bunch of dimensions when it comes to uh, this Bible that we that we live. And what I have found is... There is a dipping and a diving between black letters on a white page, but a lot of violations within the law of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the regulations of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord. We might be good uh, in the principles of the Lord and in the commandments of the Lord, but we violate in the statutes of the Lord. It's the statutes of the Lord is where we're messing up. What I have found is, is that that is the, that is the cult's playground. 
This is what I'm saying. It's kind of like uh, if you saw the movie The Matrix. Remember when Neo was stuck at the train station? It was uh, the, 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 the middle place between the real world and the machine world. It was that middle ground. And there was a lot of violations going on in there. He couldn't even get himself out of it. Did you catch it? Did you, did you catch it? Did you catch what I just said? So those are the two greatest signs that I have seen. That's what I'm saying is there is no fast game. The fast game, fasting has gone out. There's no fasting. Did you catch it? And second is this. There is no more preoccupation with staying away from the appearance of evil or the appearance of something that might give the wrong impression because they're adhered to loopholes and technicalities in the scripture, therefore justifying themselves to act the way that they act. Did you catch it? So in the person's mind, extreme honor is the right thing to do. Let me give you an example of that. Like in their mind, punching somebody in the face for their church is the right thing to do. Let me tell you something. Punching somebody in the face as a Christian is wrong and it's a sin, period, to do it. I don't care if you do it even in the name of Jesus and you defending the gospel. Uh, Bible says you got to turn the other cheek. Did you catch what I'm saying? But folks will, let, let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something. Folks will, you know, they, they regulate that behavior and they, there's a lot of coercion into these loophole patterns of behavior. Now watch this. When you dip and dive through a loophole, watch this. Conviction becomes third party. Did you catch it? Watch this. I'll close with Mark chapter 7. I wish I had my Bible in front of me. Mark chapter 7. Jesus said, you skillful, in the New Living Translation, he says, you skillfully sidestep in obeying the word of God by your traditions. Now that word sidestep means that I am no longer hearing and receiving the conviction of the Holy Spirit in first person singular, I am now receiving it. I'm sidestepping and now I'm receiving it in third party, which means I'll say things like, uh, you'll get, the person will get convicted about like fornication. So watch this. L let me show you how this works. So they, they'll hear, they'll get convicted by messages on fornication and sinning, but they won't get convicted by dressing like a fornicator. Did you catch what I just said? You missed what I just said. <laughs> Which means, watch this. So watch this. So, so when someone attacks them, they attack back because they're saying, no, my church preaches truth. My church preaches truth. Why? Because that Sunday, the, the, the woman of God or the man of God was preaching hard against fornication, but they didn't preach hard against Hey, stop looking like a fornicator. Stop doing, stop flirting like a fornicator. You might not be fornicating, but you're flirting like you're one. Did you catch it? Did, you missed it. You missed what I just said. So, watch this. The Holy Spirit will be moving powerfully in the service, yet, right after they prophesy. So, Right up, watch, they give you an accurate word for the Lord says, bang, 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 and you're like, whoa. But that, but, 
Ah, uh, I'm gonna leave that one alone. I was gonna get real detail, but I'm not. I have decided for 2019 to turn over a new leaf. No more fussing and going at stuff. That's why I hardly been on. I'm, I've been doing pretty good. I was gonna get more detail, but I would tell you this. I would tell you this. The gifts of the spirit is still active, but the fruit of the spirit is missing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Who was able to give me that? Cause I was saying, oh, the gifts of the spirit are active, but the fruit of the spirit is missing. So they prophesy accurately, but they as nasty. You missed it. They as conniving. All right. I'm out of here. Hey, listen, if these two signs, I have more. I actually have 13. Uh, I have 13, but I, I just gave you two. All right. Is this the fasting game is gone. You're no longer fasting. Did you catch it? There's no longer a fast. And second, there is no longer a uh, preoccupation admonishing the believers to abstaining from the appearance of something that might not honor God. And what is it substituted with? Looking and dressing like the movement. Even if looking at it, even if the movement is as sinful as the world, even though they not in the world. Did you catch it? I'm going to leave it there. Listen, if the red flag is going off on the, if the red, if the alarm is going off on the inside, then listen, I want to encourage you. I'm encouraging you. Take, take, get on a fast starting tomorrow. Tomorrow's the perfect day to begin a fast after the resurrection service and say, Lord, starting on Monday, I'm going to spend the next couple of days fasting before you, Lord, and getting drawing close to you. And not only that, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you again under the spirit of the law. Now, I'll give you one more in this, and I'm out of here, is the spirit of the law will help you feel the conviction to know when something is wrong, even though you don't have a Bible verse for it. Or even though Bible verses are being thrown at you, your spirit says, even though I know what you're saying with that Bible verse, something on the inside is going. Mm, 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 mm. Why? Because it's the spirit of the law. It's the spirit of the law. That's actually uh, God is beginning to mold you. So the spirit of the law of the law of the law, L.A.W., will allow you of how to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit, where it not only affects your heart, but actually affects your body and your lifestyle. And watch this. It will give you the boldness. And I don't know who I'm speaking to with this one. Listen, I'm giving you permission. You need to speak up for yourself. Listen, you should never do anything. I don't care who's telling you, not even me. Anything that is violating the dictates of your conscience. I don't care if they got a Bible verse. If your conscience is saying no, you need to stand up for yourself and say, hey, uh, I'll say this as well. You can disagree with your spiritual parents and still be a good son or daughter. This is not blind coercion. You can be a good son and a good daughter by being honest and saying, listen, I love you, but I'm uncomfortable with that. Like, I don't know about that. The Holy Spirit ain't talking to me about that. I'm not going to do that. 
I, I, I'm still here. I'm still a son. I'm still a daughter. But I'm not doing that. That ain't from the Lord. And I, my, my, my conscience is convicting me on that. And let me tell you something. If any movement is telling you that in order for you to show your loyalty and sonship or daughterhood by obeying what they're saying and it violates your conscience, you need to run. You need to run. And, and even if they curse you and say six months, your, your house is going down. I'm here to tell you in six months, God is going to bless you. Nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to happen. Just if you don't listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, listen to me. You're going to get a reprobate mind. You're going to get a reprobate mind. And that's a, listen. That's a dangerous place to be is to get a reprobate mind, which means you're no longer going to feel the conviction. And then the Holy Spirit is going to stop talking to you. And then you're going to start having all these crazy dreams. And then your gift is going to be under the control of someone else. And you're going to be under an angel of light, a seducing spirit. And it ain't even going to be the Holy Spirit. And then everybody sees it but you. <laughs> Listen, obey the spirit of the law, even if everyone is giving you Bible verses about it, just be like, I'm not doing that. I, I, I see what you're saying. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to leave the movement, but I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. Why? And they tell you why. So, uh, first of all, I've shown enough fruit in this movement that I don't need to do that to show my loyalty. And second, I ain't going to hell for nobody. I'm not doing that. My, the Holy Spirit inside of me is saying that's not coming from him. You guys could do it. I'm not doing it. And that's it. You keep moving. If it goes further than that, you need to run. You need to leave. You need to stop tithing. You need to walk away. And guess what? Nothing's going to happen to you. May the Holy Spirit give you strength. If these two signs have been what you needed to hear, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Listen to me. Get back to your first love. Second, don't let the goons huff and puff and blow your house down. Take the hit. Walk away. Now, you don't have to walk away blazing your guns. Just walk away. Be like, I'm, I thank you for everything. I'm gone. You know, and if they want to expose you, let them expose you. God is your vindicator. If they got stuff on you, text messages you wrote and, and because you done. All right. See, now I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. And now I feel like I should give you the third one. Let me know if you want to see the third sign. If you want to see the third sign of how to know when you're in a cult, I'll give it to you. I'll give you the third sign. Write it in the chat room. Say, man of God, give me number three. And then I, and then I, I'm out of your way. Say, write it in the chat room. Say, man of God, give me number three. If you want the third sign. Okay. So number one was fasting. Number two is there's no more preoccupation, uh, with motivating believers to adhere to abstaining from the appearance of evil. Number three is this. The movement has steered far from deliverance. They talk about deliverance. They preach about deliverance. They're not actually doing deliverance anymore because they think talking about it is doing it. Number three is deliverance. The real deliverance ministry has been subjugated and muffled. And now they talk about deliverance. They preach about deliverance. They prophesy about deliverance. There's a lot of deliverance talk, 
ain't no deliverance really happening. Or, watch this, the church themselves, this is a addendum to that point, is this. The church no longer does the deliverances, they have to bring outsiders now. If your church has to bring me to do the deliverance, red flag. If your church has to bring me to do the deliverances, something wrong. Something wrong because you don't got to bring me to do the deliverance if your church was already doing deliverance in the past and now they're not doing it. If they have to invite Pagani to come and do the deliverances or outsider to do the deliverances, something is happening. Uh, I And I've seen this with my own eyes is as I traveled the world and traveled the churches here in the U.S., they started off doing deliverances and when they become cultish, when they become cultish, the leader no longer is doing deliverances and they themselves haven't received deliverance. I have found that deliverance goes out the window. That's sign number three that something might be happening. There's a lot of talk about deliverance and then people start manifesting when they talk about deliverance. Uh, no, there is no actual deliverances authentically happening anymore. Why? Because deliverance will always reveal the Jezebel, cultish, kundalini spirit. It will identify it and say there's a Jezebel, there's a kundalini operating in the house. We need to get rid of it. Deliverance takes a back seat to deliverance messages and deliverance preaching. But there's actually not people really doing deliverance. It's just deliverance preaching. That's good stuff. I was going to put that as number two, but I changed. The reason why I didn't even put this as number two, because I didn't want you guys to think, oh, he talks about his deliverance. <laughs> God bless you. The Lord's favor, grace and blessing be upon all of you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I love you. God bless you. My name is Alexander Pagani. I'm the lead pastor of Amazing Church located here in the South Bronx, New York City. I'm not giving you number four, a.k.a. He is Risen Tabernacle. Love you. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible. 